Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Orone Sports Podcast. It is October 9th, 2019. Your host, Frank Arone, here as always. Uh, both the Orone boys, fresh back from a trip from New York to watch the old Vikings play last week, is a pretty good time. Let's uh, bring in the other member of the pod here from upstairs, back home here as well. Uh, Crabber, how you doing, Crab? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah, like you said, it was a good weekend, but definitely a long weekend. It's so good to be back home and back in God's country here in Minnesota and fresh air. And uh, we don't have to get into the whole New York experience. But, uh, yeah, like I said, good time, but uh, definitely glad to be home. Yeah, it was a fun game. The Vikes just kind of cruised, so it was never never really in doubt. And I know pretty much everybody that uh, came with us was a bunch of Vikings fans that put a bunch of homer bets on there and gave everybody a nice little boost to their bankroll for the uh, for the trip. So that was fun. But, yeah, uh, yeah. No, uh, all you guys are out there tailgating for most of the time, and I'm sitting there trying to put money into different New Jersey sports books and get these, you know, anywhere from a 500, uh, there's a few thousand dollar match bonuses and other free money and trying to get, take advantage of that as much as possible while in New Jersey. But, um, yeah, it was a pretty busy time for sure. But, and, and at the end of the day, it's free money, but, pretty annoying i got some free bets and stuff and ended up working out where i was uh doing decently well and then won, won some bets where i ended up not even taking advantage of it uh fully but all in all it uh yeah a little bit uh, more difficult experience than i would have expected yeah for sure it is amazing how how those can be that way sometime but overall pretty great trip pretty good time and uh but i do got to say i'm kind of excited to get the uh the atvs fired up and back again for next weekend and and check out all the games and then we got the early london game so it should be a uh Pretty great Sunday here of football again coming up. Absolutely. It's all right. Well, that's uh, kind of just a general weekend recap here, but let's get in and uh, do a little weekend recap as far as the betting went. The weekend recap. All right. So how did week five treat you then from a betting perspective? Yeah, all in all, pretty good from an NFL perspective. Um, it's been getting crushed in college. We don't have to get into that on, on this podcast, but uh, – yeah, me personally did pretty well. Uh, released plays. I went three and two. Kind of annoying there before uh, kickoff there. That Dallas game was my last release play of the day on on Sunday in the late afternoon game, and really never even uh, in the game at all, laying points there at home. I was just uh, not a good bet from my perspective. I was kind of on the not on the fence, but just felt uh, you know with a few different things. I figured I'd go with it. I thought Dallas Dallas was a better team. Not working out. So one of my worst you know worst. Worst plays of the of the year for sure, and then uh, also since he was a loser for me, that was, that was a little misleading score as well. They were never really in that game; kind of got dominated in the stat sheet. Um, and then the other three plays I had, I was pretty confident with. I feel like there wasn't really a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like like you said, we weren't able to watch the games as much. So I kind of like, feel like I think a quite a good feel on the games for sure. But uh, did go back and look at the box scores, and 
do some listening to the podcast and stuff like I always do, and uh, definitely felt like I was on the right side of, of my New Orleans, uh, Tennessee under in that Carolina game. So um, those are kind of annoying because I was more confident in all those plays, uh, more so than that Dallas and Cincinnati, and they're they're all uh, wanting to play. So I ended up, you know, still making money, but like I said, more confident in the plays I won than I lost. But you know, that's how it goes sometimes. But uh, yeah, from my perspective, all in all, a uh, pretty good weekend from a betting uh, betting perspective, and hopefully, uh, yeah, keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. I know <clears throat> I had a pretty good week too. Uh was three and zero there up until the uh Monday night game last night. I took some Cleveland before the line moved, so I got the worst of the number. And they just got absolutely trounced, so that was a little disappointing to uh end the week like that. But I had a one and a half unit play on the Rams plus the point and a half there on uh Thursday. And that was kind of a back and forth game, but they they were up late and probably should have won the game outright if uh Legatron would have made that 44-yarder, so I feel like that was a pretty solid bet there at plus one and a half against Seattle, and then uh, at Buffalo against uh, Tennessee, catching three once Allen was announced the starter, which I felt fairly good about, and uh, that got there pretty easily, and then, yeah, I was with you in New Orleans as well, so love that once it got down to minus three at, uh, at a flat minus 110 there. That was just a phenomenal bet in my opinion, and uh, yeah, so that was good, and then Overall, uh, three and one with a one and a half unit play cash, and it's a pretty solid week for uh, for both of us. We both got our picks of the week home, and uh, yeah, you can't complain. So hopefully, hopefully we didn't lose a beat here, not being able to to watch all the games here. I know I've been watching some some of the shortcuts back there on Directv to try to get a feel for how they've been going. So uh, hopefully that'll be enough to to get us through here for this week. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, Go ahead, and I know there's a couple that qualified here, so let's go ahead and do getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so what games uh, for week five there came into the play for the uh, best of the number segment? Yeah, for my documentation, uh, I got two of them that qualified, uh, like you alluded to there in that uh, pick of the week, and your uh, big one-and-a-half unit play, the the Rams at the Seahawks there on Thursday night. Uh, that game opened to pick them. Got bet up, like you said, up to one, uh, one-and-a-half. Uh, depending on when you got it to the week, and especially in, in that point spread range, it definitely bounces a little bit more. But uh, the final there landed 30-29, to 29, landed right on one uh, in favor of Seattle. So, uh, yeah, perfect example of getting the best of the number uh, at, the, at the best time. And then the second one, another good example, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Uh, Baltimore opened three and a half, and that one closed pretty much three across the board, maybe a little bit of extra juice, but in this situation it wouldn't really matter uh, for this example. Uh, in this segment, and uh, this one landed 26-23 right on three. So, yeah, another one, bet it early, get that extra hook, or, or bet it late, you could have pushed. So uh, two examples I got there. I didn't have any totals that qualified, but, uh, yeah, getting the best of number. All right, there we go. All right, I think that's enough recap. Let's uh, put week five to bed and jump right into week six and get going here. All right, Ready so what? Yeah, it looks like we got four bye teams this week. Just to start that off before we get into the games. Uh, we got the Bills, Bears, Colts, and Raiders. So, some pretty interesting teams. It's, uh, those are gonna feel, you're gonna feel their, uh, absence a lot more than we did last week with the Dolphins being on by. But, uh, yeah, the Bills coming off a big win, Bears coming off a big loss, Colts coming off a big win, Raiders coming off a big win. So, it'll be interesting to see all those teams come back next week after, uh, after their respective bye weeks. But, anyway, let's jump into it here. Thursday nighter. This should uh, this should be a fun one. We got uh, the Giants and Danny Dimes heading to New England. 
Looks like New England's a 17-point home favorite here, the total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Patriots, New England, 16.5, laying at home. Uh, Westgate here, which I use every week, Westgate Superbook there in Las Vegas, the look-ahead line from the week before is uh, New England, minus 14, and then the opener at the Westgate Superbook, usually released Sunday afternoon after the games. Uh, or in the middle of the afternoon games, usually halftime around that or a little bit later. Uh, the opener there at the Westgate was New England 16.5. And, and then the total here opened uh, usually the next morning, Monday mornings when they open. Sometimes they open them on Sunday. Total here opened 45. And, uh, yeah, not a whole lot of opinion on this game. It's just, it's just tough to bet these New England games. I mean, every game it seems like they're playing a pretty below average or really awful team than uh, laying a bunch of points either on the road, on the highway, or, or at home. So, not uh, not games I'm looking to bet. I definitely like a little bit uh, smaller point spreads as we as we as you well know if you listen to the podcast. And then one thing too is these totals are something to pay attention to to these New England games. You saw it last week got hammered down. I mentioned on the podcast how much it got bet down immediately um, from that that under in the New England game. On similar here at uh, like I said, open 45, and now we're already seeing 40 and a half flashing across the screen. Uh, some 241s in Vegas and. Other places, but uh, yeah, but it's a pretty big move, especially when you're talking about mid 40s total. That's a pretty big move for a primetime game and uh, and all that. That especially when the it's been getting bet down so much to begin with, you think that the odds makers would kind of adjust here, but uh, they really haven't. I, I don't really argue with it. The, the under, but I mean, it just it comes down to a point. I, I thought it was last week kind of similar when you got bet down so much that you know where's the value if there's anything left and. Still, still got under, but at the end of the day, uh, it seems here this is just another low total that I just, uh, I think I'd be getting to the point where again, if, if you got to look over or pass at this point, and, uh, and you know, think the value is all the way extracted even with this, you know, this good New England defense. But I think the Giants are a little more success here against the Patriots than other, uh, you know, poor teams. Uh, I think they have a little bit of life in them with a you know rookie quarterback that's given them a little bit of something and everything else, especially when last week they played a really tough. Uh, Vikings defense, so I think they'll have a little bit more success going into this game. So, I mean, I guess I'd, if anything, lean Giants and lean over, but uh, most likely not going to bet on this game. Just, uh, just not, not a point spread uh, or a total. I'm looking to back. Yeah, how crazy is that? I, I didn't, I couldn't release it obviously last week, but I did put some personal money down on the uh, Washington team total under 14 after I talked about it on the pod, and now this week the Giants team total is 10 and a half. Which, with the the quarterback situation the Redskins have right now, I would much prefer taking the Giants. I mean, they, you know, they got injuries too, so maybe their offense isn't necessarily at full strength and click on all cylinders. But I'd much prefer giving uh, you know Danny Dimes and their assortment of weapons a better chance of moving the ball than Washington would against New England. But that being said, I pretty much agree with you. Just the only way I'd really look is to take the 17, but I don't really feel like betting against New England, and I don't really trust the Giants fully to really put my hard-earned money down on that. And I don't know. Yeah, total-wise, it's for me, it's just a pretty easy stay away. So I think this is the first primetime game that I can remember in a while that I've had really not a whole lot of interest in watching it or betting on it at all. Uh, it's just the number and the, the teams and everything, the situation is all of it, to me, just kind of screams stay away, so it'll be a fairly easy pass for me and one I'll probably have on, but it won't be totally locked into here on Thursday night. And the one thing I, I made a note of my notes, but forgot to, to mention it, and it does play a big factor in 
something that definitely might change my mind to, to extreme, uh, going from almost leaning over to leaning under. But uh, the one thing is that weather you got to make note of right now. I'm looking at estimated wind speeds of nearly 20 miles an hour and, and rain. So, I mean, if that's the case, we saw that in the Giant Stadium last week. Uh, I know you like the over there. And it's something I said to, you know, take a little bit of a pause because I've uh, definitely got burned in the past betting the totals over when it's, when it's windy. And we were out there tailgating out at uh, right outside the stadium. You could just feel the wind. And uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the reason why it stayed under, but it definitely uh, it doesn't help for sure. And something definitely have to you know keep note of for these these totals, especially when they're lower like this. And I think that definitely might uh, you know for sure push me off ever having a, even a small bit on the over. Yeah, I think that total just in that game in particular, the Viking shines last week. I'm pretty sure it ticked down there a couple points too right before kick, and I'm guessing that was almost fully weather related. So that does go to show you that the games are affected by and the markets highly value windy conditions when it's right up to kickoff like that. Uh, all right, so let's get to uh, this is our first early London game of the year, which to me I, I definitely prefer the the early London game here. So this is a 9.30 a.m. Eastern game. And we actually got a pretty good game here, at least a, an interesting one at, uh, in the, in the pick'em range. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. we got Carolina heading to uh, play in Tampa Bay, I guess, had both heading to London. And uh, on the neutral here, it looks like Carolina's a two, two-and-a-half-point uh, favorite with a total of 47-and-a-half. Yeah, my power rating here, Carolina two-and-a-half. Look headline, Carolina one. Westgate open, Carolina one-and-a-half. The total year open, 46-and-a-half. And look at this game. This is a game where I was trying to get, trying to back Carolina more so to just bet against this Tampa Bay squad. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably get to that when we get to the New Orleans as well. But me and you both said, I mean, this that was the most – Probably of the season, the most ridiculous point spread I've seen with that, uh, you know, at a flat three, uh, maybe even, I got to even reduce juice on the Saints at home against Tampa Bay. It just, you know, divisional game didn't make any sense to me basically saying that Tampa Bay was a better team than the Saints. Granted, they did have, uh, you know, Bridgewater behind Q, but I just, I just didn't buy that at all. It just didn't make sense. I think that, like I said, I think that was one of the worst point spreads, uh, of the season. That just didn't make any sense to me. It was off, and obviously we took advantage of it having my pick of the week as well as release play on the Saints and ended up getting there, like I said, in pretty decently easy fashion. They outscored uh, the, the the Saints outscored the, the Bucks as well as uh, as you know, in the stats department as well. But I don't know. This is this is, this game's a little bit harder for me to, to back Carolina, especially with the travel situation in London. There's a lot of different variables. I kind of saw that with the Bears last week. It just uh, you know how much you contribute that to the traveling. How much does it just contribute to just having a flat start and Everything else. So it, to me, I wanted to get to Carolina here and, and uh, bet against the Bucks again, but uh, I just don't know if I'm able to get there. And I think this might be a game I'll, I'll just be staying away. But like you said, it would be a, a pretty good one to watch here in London. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's one of those where I don't almost like a gut feel, but it just feels to me like this is almost a, a zig back back to Tampa spot and kind of against the Panthers as if it's as hot as they've been here. Well, you look at the Panthers, you know, they beat Jacksonville last week and they beat them by seven and covered the spread, but I know that's a game where we went head-to-head on and just kind of looking at the box score and, and how that game played out going back and forth. The, the Jags turned it over three times, and the Panthers scored a touchdown late to, to barely cover that number. So to me, it feels like the Jags are kind of the right side in that game and, and probably should have covered that spread at three and a half for sure. Uh, but nonetheless, Carolina now with Josh Allen in there. They're not Josh Allen. Uh, what's his name? Kyle Allen. He's – uh. They've won, what, three in a row now, and they beat the Texans at the Texans, which was a fairly impressive win, and that was pretty much solely on their defense. And then even against the Cardinals in his first start, the defense played outstanding. 
So, I mean, they do have a pretty good defense, even though they gave up 27 last week to the Jags. But it just feels like they're kind of due for a regression, and they're being valued here pretty highly. So if there's any way this could get to three, I would absolutely love Tampa. And obviously any time you're super (laughs) gung-ho about uh, jumping in bed with Jameis Winston, you might want to take a pause a little bit because he can throw you right out of the game before the first quarter is even done. So that's a little scary. But at the same time, I agree that against the Saints, they didn't look all that impressive. But I think part of the reason we were betting on the Saints last week was just how bad of a spot it was for Tampa off that huge win outright at the Rams. And I think Tampa is just kind of one of those teams that's going to be pretty up and down from week to week. And it just feels to me like this is a fairly good bounce back spot, like the opposite spot almost as uh, as it was last week for them. So this isn't one that I'm going to push all my chips to the middle table and definitely not my pick of the week type deal or anything. But I, I, I think I definitely think there's a little bit of value on Tampa here. It's just even like last week, I know you like the Bears in the London game against Oakland. And objectively, I I, th- I agreed with it a, a decent amount. But it just seems like with the, the London variable is just kind of an unknown enough. Or even like we talked about with Thursday night games, this brings a little bit more uncertainty than I really like unless I feel strongly about it. So uh, that, that variable kind of just c- kind of cools my uh, my you know enthusiasm when it comes to backing anybody in London unless I feel really strongly about it. But I, I'd lean to Tampa here. Uh, next, going to the... Uh, slate of early games, or the the 1 o'clock Eastern games. We got Cincinnati heading to Baltimore in a little AFC North showdown. Uh, looks like Baltimore's 11, 11.5 point home favorite here, the total of 48. In my power in here, Baltimore 11.5. Look headline, Baltimore 8.5. Westgate open, Baltimore 10, and the total here open 47.5. Yeah, for me, not, uh, not a big opinion here. I just, uh, you know, I had Cincinnati last week, and they just look pretty pretty dead and I, I just from you know judging by the box score and, and, and the stats and that just like I said the earlier in the segment it, the score was a little misleading from what I can see it just uh, it was a three-point game but at the end of the day it looked like Arizona pretty much had Cincy's number and especially when Cincy's at home and and, and showing up so flat it's just that's a pretty big red flag for me so now to expect them to go on the road to a <laughs> um, divisional opponent um, when they're pretty much out of it uh, of this season, and, and Baltimore's pretty hungry after starting off pretty well, but definitely looking not quite as good in, in, in the last few weeks. I think they kind of have something to prove. So to me, this seems like a, a spot where you, you kind of want to be back in Baltimore, but obviously you're, you're paying a big price here. So I don't know. I don't think you can lay this many points with Baltimore, but I mean, I, I think if anywhere, I'd probably lean that way, but I, I'm most likely not going to be involved at all. So yeah, just uh, just a pretty easy pass for me on this game. Yeah, I totally agree. I was listening to something earlier today, and they were, I forgot what it was, but they were talking about how uh, there's been a flood of early money on Cincinnati from the public and from the Sharps. And I, I get it, because I just don't think Baltimore is really good enough to be laying double digits, and Cincinnati has been frisky at times. Uh, but I think they're getting a lot of credit to me, it seems like, for that week one game against Seattle where they lost by a point at Seattle. Because since then, they've got absolutely blown out by the Niners. They they got a fairly cheap backdoor cover against the Bills, and then they've got blown out by the Steelers and then lost at home to a horrendous Cardinals team. So they really haven't shown much at all uh, in terms of even being competitive in in a lot of these games. And you know, the, uh, yeah, sure Dalton could come through the back door and and, and sneak in a win on you, but and or you know the 
to, um, Baltimore's offense could just be totally inept and and their defense really isn't all that great either. So they're not a team I want to be laying this price with. But I just I, I lost money with you on the, the Bengals last week, even though I didn't release it as a play. And I just thought, well, they're you know at least respectable, and Arizona's just garbage. And uh, clearly the Bengals are right down there in the in the cellar with a lot of those other the Dolphins of the world and the Cardinals of the world. So when you put a, an average team like I think Baltimore is, uh, and you put them up against the Cincinnati team that could be bottom of the barrel. To me, this price range just seems about right. Uh, I know in uh, in some survivor deals I'm in, I think Baltimore is probably going to be the play here. Even though I've I'm going to kick myself if I've, since I've been railing on Baltimore all year, and then to go with them in this spot. But I know most people have used the the Patriots on Thursday night, and and you start looking at the other options on the board as we go further along here and. Uh, it's just, this Baltimore, I think, is probably the play. So hopefully they can win the game out right here for me. But that's that's about as much action as I want in this game. I don't have any interest in Baltimore covering a number. All right, uh, next game we got another AFC North team. This time the Cleveland Browns here are hosting uh, Seattle. Looks like Seattle's a one one and a half point road favorite here. The total of forty six and a half. In my power in here, Seattle one. Look at line Cleveland minus two. Westgate Open, Cleveland two and a half. Now it's obviously before the Monday night game, the, the Cleveland debacle there, just getting blown out of the doors off with uh, San Francisco. And the total here opened uh, 47. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is this is another tough game for me. I feel like I just I, I haven't been in love with this Cleveland team, but it just kind of it seems like you're taking a roller coaster ride with this Cleveland team. I mean, you know, they have one good game and then they kind of everybody's back on them, and then they have a bad bad game and everyone's against them and I mean, so I think uh, you know, value-wise, you're you're definitely gonna be buying high on uh, a, a Seattle more so than uh, buying high on Cleveland, and you know, pr- probably selling off your Cleveland. So I mean, I guess if any time to, to back Cleveland would probably be now at home, you know, catching a, a point or two against the Seattle team. I mean, this I think to me, the Seattle team is really hard to, to gauge. Um, I know you liked them. Uh, I bet against them last week, and I, I I didn't really have a huge opinion, but I definitely uh, I thought they were gonna be able to get the job done and probably cover uh, if anything last week, so that. You know, I don't know, and that was a, a tough game against the Rams. So I, like I said, I'm kind of don't have the right uh, right feel for the Seattle team right now, and I don't think I have a best feel for this Cleveland team either. So, I think to me, if you're if you're looking at anywhere, you're probably getting a little bit of value on Cleveland. So that's probably where you have to start start your handicap. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't know. Uh, I, I won't be surprised at all if, if Seattle went in and took care of business either. So I guess all in all, for me, it's another game I really can't get involved with, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, it's interesting spot perspective wise because. You got uh, the Browns off the West Coast Monday night trip, so flying back across the country on a short week. And then, conversely, you got Seattle, who was at home in a Thursday night game, has a little extra time. So you think that's probably going to favor Seattle. But then you look, and the Browns could have very well been a look-ahead game against the Niners, even though it was a primetime game because they had a big division game against the Ravens beforehand. And then... Now, so maybe there's a little bit of a letdown after that, and a second road game on the West Coast late start time for them, you know, whatever. I think you can kind of excuse that, even though their effort was just absolutely pitiful, and Mayfield just looks absolutely lost, and it was incredibly aggravating watching that game as a uh, Cleveland backer. But I think you can excuse that a little bit, and then Seattle off a huge, huge win against their you know, biggest division rival right now and a team they've been trying to topple the last couple of years. You know, kind of a shootout style game where 
that Wilson played just absolutely incredible, and there's you know could have gone either way, and I'm sure you know that was a very emotionally draining win. So from that perspective, like a scheduling perspective, there, I think that favors Seattle. So I mean uh, that one favors the Browns. So all in all, I think it does come down to a lot of what Browns team do you think you're going to get. And the question, and my answer is, I don't know. So <laughs> it's, I feel like the, the public's going to be all over the Seahawks and the Sharps are going to be all over the Browns. It's just, I don't know if I want to get back on this Browns team with how they looked last week. Cause they've, they've came up short a couple times, like you said, and then they've came through a couple times fairly convincingly. So it's just a team that's, it's hard because they're just, they're such a high variance when you're, when you're backing them or betting against them, where I think with Seattle, you kind of have a little bit of an idea of better of what you're going to get with them. It's just if if the bad Cleveland comes out, they're going to absolutely wax them. And if the good Cleveland comes out, I think they won't have a whole lot of trouble beating Seattle. So uh, I think that's that's the component there that I don't I don't know what to do with. So for me, I'm probably going to stay away. Uh, if it does go up towards three, I would absolutely get involved on Cleveland. Uh, but the price it is, I still might because I do think there is value there. I just don't know if I trust Cleveland enough to really make it much of a bet. Uh, next game is Houston at Kansas City. And it looks like Kansas City here is a four-and-a-half-point home favor, the total of 55. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City six-and-a-half, look headline. Kansas City eight-and-a-half, Westgate open, Kansas City eight, and the total here open 55-and-a-half. And, yeah, here's a – Probably the line I'm most shocked about all week, I would think. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, like I said, pretty shocked here. It's this low. I just don't, uh, get it to me. That seems like a, a six and a half, six type of game. And, uh, now you can see as uh, low as four, um, and some, some offshore shops. So I, I don't know. Like I said, to me, it's, it's almost so strange to the point, uh, where maybe there's an injury. Um, Mahomes isn't right or something that, you know, information that uh, we, we don't know. That's, would be kind of what I lean towards if uh, something I'm not accounting for. Because, like I said, when I'm that far off from what I think it should be, there's usually something that I'm missing and something I'm, you know, uh, need to need to look into a little bit more. So I'll kind of do some more research on this game, uh, see what's going on in the week. This might be a game. I'm, I'd probably just try to wait and try to get as much information as possible. Because, like I said, if it is trickling this quickly in the week, I think it's more so uh, you know, maybe it is information-based. Maybe wait before kickoff to bet it, uh, even if you do have to take a little bit worse of a line. It does pop back up a little bit. I think this is a game where you really want to have all the information, especially with all the cluster injuries and the Mahomes uh, limping a little bit in the night game last week. I think uh, you want to make sure you're you're getting a good betting with Kansas City. But yeah, if uh, nothing, nothing crazy news or anything else like that, I think this is a you know pretty good spot here for Kansas City coming home, uh, laying just over a field goal. I think they're a significantly better team than Houston, and uh, Houston just had had their way with that Atlanta team that they just beat up on. I had a huge play on the over. And that got there about the easiest bet of the week uh, with just a ton of points scored against that terrible Atlanta secondary and defense altogether. So I think this would be a little, a game for Houston to be a little bit of fat and happy. Um, you know, they're going to be, I'm sure they're going to be up for this game because obviously it's a big, one of the best teams in the AFC in Kansas City. But at the same time, Kansas City was kind of stopped by that indie defense and just didn't really have a lot to, with a lot of different reasons, I think, in that primetime game. So I think. This would be a game where Kansas City kind of puts their foot on the pedal early. Uh, I'd definitely like Kansas City first half uh, to cover, and then uh, you know maybe team team total over. I think this is just a Kansas City spot where they're going to come and look pretty impressive here against Houston. And uh, I, I think uh, you know, like I said, Kansas City, but uh, just not going to bet it yet. I'm going to wait for some more information. Yeah, I do think 
that Houston's getting a little bit too much love based on what they've done the last few weeks. And conversely, Kansas City off just really one bad performance because the Lions played pretty good against them a couple weeks ago. I think Kansas City's just getting downgraded quite a bit for one bad performance. Uh, like Houston, for you know, they, they beat Atlanta last week, but I mean, how good is that win? I think it's one of those that looks better on paper if you don't really think about how Atlanta's done this year. Like, oh yeah, you know, that's a respectable, talented squad. Like, are, are they really though? They really haven't done anything this year to to show that. And then before that, Houston lost to the Panthers at home in a game where their offense was totally stifled, uh, mainly I think a lot due to the pass rush. And then the week before, the Chargers, it's like, well, that looked like a pretty good win at the time, like a real good win. And now you know they just lost at home to Denver. So how how good is that win? And then they beat Minshew in his first start by one at home. And then they had a kind of an either-or game with the Saints week one. So I think Houston's solid, but I, I think they're probably getting a little bit too much respect here for, if you look at their slate individually, game by game, what they've done. And I think it's more impressive and abstract than when you actually look at it and, and actually see what they've done. Whereas Kansas City, yeah, they had a pretty, pretty bad uh, performance there against Indianapolis, but I'd, I don't think it's one of those things where, you know, you figure out the Kansas City offense, so they're not going to get going again. And even last week in a blowout, Houston still gave up 32 points to, to Ryan and the Falcons, who were moving the ball pretty effectively as well. So if Kansas City can have that kind of offense performance, uh, and I think the only reason that they were so, is, like, you ever got handled so poorly there against Indianapolis was the fact that, they kind of had the cluster injuries at defensive tackle, and uh, Indianapolis was basically running the ball down their throat. Whereas Houston, I mean, who, is Carlos Hyde going to do that, or Duke Johnson going to do that? Like, I just, I don't think they're going to be able to ground and pound them and, and uh, possess the ball a bunch and, and grind down the clock and keep Kansas City's offense off the field. So, I definitely would look the Kansas City route as well. Uh, that Mahomes' ankle thing does kind of scare me because I don't even see him on the injury report. And he's probably fine, but it's one of those things where if something happens again and he's out, I just have then I, I don't even know who their backup is, but I would have uh, way way less confidence in Kansas City being competitive and winning that game by a margin here. But you can't really go into a bet, uh, you know, expecting a quarterback to get hurt or probably any of your bets are going to be pretty bad. Uh, I just think from a matchup perspective, I definitely lean towards Kansas City here. And kind of like with uh, Atlanta last week, I would even though the number's pretty high, I think I'd lean to the over as well. Because if Houston, basically I think they're pretty simple. If they are up against a team that gets a really good pass rush, I think they're in trouble and they're going to have difficulty scoring and Watson's going to be running for his life. But if they're up against a team that doesn't have a great pass rush, I think they're going to be able to move the ball fairly well and uh, score a good amount of points. And I don't think uh, Kansas City's pass rush is really a uh, – you know, that great. So I think they will have some success. I just think I would bet on the Kansas City offense kind of getting right here against the Houston defense that really hasn't been all that impressive. So I lean Kansas City and I lean over in this one. Uh, next game, pretty interesting one. We got New Orleans heading to uh, Jacksonville. It's like Jacksonville's a one-point home favorite here, the total of 44.5. In this game here, my power rating was a pick em. The Westgate look-ahead line, Jacksonville minus one. The Westgate open here a pick 'em, and the total here open 44. This one here, I mean, I think uh, I've been kind of going I'm pretty much, uh, you know, like I said, last week, bet against Jacksonville, and uh, like you said, 
I mean, slightly lucky to get there, but I didn't mind that, uh, that play. And then been betting on New Orleans here the last couple of weeks. I feel like they're in good spots and everything else. But I think now would be a time to jump on the Jacksonville side here. I think even they're laying a little bit here, but that's kind of not a whole, not a, not a huge deal. Uh, like I said, lane one or so is not, nothing, nothing too big to lay. And I think this would be, like I said, a, a pretty good Jacksonville spot to come in at because the Saints had some pretty tough games. They played Seattle there, and then they had a divisional game. Both of them, you know, bigger, better teams or higher quality teams that are pretty big wins and get some confidence for Bridgewater. And then now Bridgewater last week had a huge game, threw for a lot of yards, and didn't have a whole lot of downfield passes, but he had a few more than he had in the past and maybe just getting a little bit more comfortable. So to me, that's the time you want to start selling on somebody, especially when I'm not super high on Bridgewater altogether. So I think Minshew's um, I haven't been too super high on him, but I think he's been pretty impressive week in, week out. So he's getting kind of more, um, more backable in my eyes. And, uh, I think, you know, coming home, especially with a, a pretty good defense, I feel like this is a, a pretty good Jacksonville spot uh, for a big win that they'll need here and, uh, and improve something here to, to make it competitive here and to make a playoff run. So yeah, like I said, I think Jacksonville's a pretty good spot. A call range number doesn't quite support it. Um, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, Jacksonville is, a, is worth a pretty good look here. Yeah, totally agree. I've I've bet on New Orleans, I think, each and every week since Breeze has been out. And we cashed with Seattle. We cashed at home against the Cowboys. We cashed last week at home against the Bucks. And I, I do think Teddy hasn't been overly impressive in all those games until last week. He seemed the most impressive against what I think is a questionable at best Bucks defense. I really should have kept going over when in Bucks games, and I, I don't know why I didn't. I was just I guess, a little bit worried about the, the Saints defense and, and conservative Teddy, but it still got over nonetheless. Um, I just think this, this is kind of a natural letdown spot here for the Saints going interconference, fair, feeling fairly happy at 4-1, and one, got a pretty I – mean, I guess the, the Panthers are challenging them in the division a little bit, but they're still probably feeling pretty good with where they're at while, uh, while Teddy's filling in before Breeze comes back. Now on the other side, you got the Jags, who I think probably should have won that game, or at the very least could have won that game last week against the Panthers, at the Panthers, which looks like a pretty good win now. And then even the Broncos the week before at Denver, uh, that's looking like it's more impressive than uh, what you would have thought a couple weeks ago. So I think the Jacksonville team is is pretty solid. I think they'll be pretty motivated here because they're still they're still right in the thick of things in the AFC South. Uh, even though the Colts had a big win last week and Houston's been fairly impressive, they're not, they're definitely not out of it. I think they're going to be pretty energized and not going to be quite a, like a kitchen sink type game, but I think they're definitely going to have a, a real strong effort here against the Saints at home in a spot where you're just asking them to win. Uh, definitely a, a spot I prefer Jacksonville in and, and even talent wise, uh, roster for roster. I just don't think Jacksonville is that much worse than, than the Saints as long as you're getting, Halfway decent quarterback play out of Minshew, which is what he's shown so far. So, I uh, definitely agree with you. I like uh, Jacksonville. Next up, we got Philadelphia heading to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota looks like a three-point home favorite here with a total of 44. Yeah, my power in here, Minnesota three and a half. Look headline, Minnesota minus three, even money. Westgate open Minnesota flat three, and then the total here open 44. No, I've been saying it pretty much maybe for the last year or so with this Minnesota team. It seems like they're just, uh, you know, specifically more this season, the start of the season too. This Minnesota team, it just seems like 
Cousins specifically has trouble with these higher caliber teams and just doesn't show up to play. I don't know if it's a pressure thing or what, but I mean, it kind of sounds like a broken record, but that's kind of what I'm going to go off of again. I mean, it's just, to me, it's almost, it's hard to back uh, this Minnesota team when you play a higher caliber opponent and obviously Philadelphia. And I don't, I'm not super high on Philly by any stretch, but at the end of the day, they're uh, a higher caliber component. So it's a, uh, uh, sorry, higher caliber opponent. So, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's gonna be tough for me to get to the window on Minnesota, even though I, you know, my power rate numbers are point that way, and I do think there might be uh, a little bit of line value in that side, given the home field advantage, pretty big for Minnesota. Uh, but you know, Philadelphia's kind of had their number. Look at the playoffs and in the past, and you know, so to me, it just seems like a game I'm probably not gonna be able to get to the window. Uh, just like I said, with the, the the various number of factors, but all in all, it'll be a really good game to watch. Obviously. From Vikings fan, Vikings perspective will be a, a good game that we really need to win and uh, go and it'd just be a really big win if we could get get this one. So it'll be more of a fan uh, fan perspective game for me, but uh, I don't think I'll be having anything on this one. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get there or not, and I, <clears throat> I generally agree with you. But I think the distinction there is the Vikings struggle against really good defenses is kind of what I'm what, like my take on it is like against the Bears when they can't run at all and then it doesn't open up play action, and you're just asking Cousins to go out there and throw it open up the game and beat somebody. I have very little confidence in him being able to do that at this point from everything we've seen. But this Philly team, yeah, last week I think it was even fairly misleading, but they only gave up six points to the to Luke Falk and the Jets. But if you throw that out, uh, you know, against the Packers, they, they gave up 27 points. The Lions, they gave up 27. The Falcons, they gave up 24. The Redskins, they gave up 27. So I don't think by any means this Eagles defense is all that impressive, and especially their secondary can absolutely be thrown on. So if if Cousins can have some success against a pretty below, you know, subpar secondary, I think the Vikings could be just fine, especially with the home field advantage that you know might potentially neutralize their pass rush a little bit and give Cousins a little bit more time to throw. And so I, I don't know, I I definitely like the Vikings here because I do think three is just kind of cheap. If they were on the road, I would be way less inclined to, to back them at Philly, like even getting plus three. But I just think the, the home field isn't fully being accounted for here because the Vikings at home have just looked super impressive in, in, in their game so far. That absolutely destroyed the Falcons and absolutely destroyed the Raiders. And at least the Raiders' case, maybe that win's a little bit more impressive than we thought uh, during that game. And then even last week, I guess the, the Giants, the pretty subpar secondary, Cousins had a get right game and and look look super impressive there so i think that it's to me it's i like to bet on the vikings because i think they got a really solid defense unless they're going up against a real good defense themselves then then i have a little bit more cause for concern so this isn't a uh you know get go crazy on either but i, I definitely think three is a pretty fair number here to, to lay with the vikes uh next game game that will definitely be on our uh for the side screen here, we got Washington heading to Miami. And it looks like uh, Washington is a three-and-a-half-point road favorite here, the total of 41. Yeah, my power rating, Washington, three-and-a-half. Look headline, Washington, six-and-a-half. Westgate open Washington, three-and-a-half, and the total here open 41. Um, just from a time perspective, I'm not going to I'm not gonna get into this game at all. I mean, I just don't know how you bet this game myself. Uh, I just I don't have any faith. Uh, who, who do you want to back here? Uh Keenum looks like he's getting the start again, so you get Keenum, I guess. Uh, would would definitely maybe look at the Washington side of the three, I guess. But yeah, to me, it's just uh, it's 
too many, too many, too many different variables. You don't know the motivation, the coaching getting fired, and the disaster in the front office of Washington. It's just a lot, of, a lot of different things that I don't need to force it. There's other better bets I can make on the board. So yeah, a pretty easy pass. Yeah, I totally agree. Zero, zero idea what Miami's going to do ever. Uh, a lot of times when a coach gets fired, you'll give pretty decent effort the first time because the guys are a little bit fired up. But I don't. Gruden wasn't really that disliked, so I don't think they're going to prove a message, and the talent's just pretty terrible on Washington in general, so I wouldn't be betting really that angle either. I agree, don't need to to belabor any points here anymore. I just will be uh, staying away from this game. The only thing I will say about it is to take a quick quick jab at the old uh, Keniacs that wanted them in Minnesota so bad after the 1-13-3 great season back in 2017. Keenum's played in the league here, what, three, four, five, six, seven years? In only one year, he's had a quarterback rating over over 50, and it happened to be that one year. Other than that, he's pretty much been just an an abject disaster year in and year out. And yeah, he's been on some pretty questionable teams, but, but at some point, uh, I think when the when the eye test lines up with it, at least for me, uh, you know, he's he's just not that great a quarterback. Is what it comes down to, I think he's a really solid backup or you know really really low end starter. So. Super glad the Vikes don't have him anymore, and uh, maybe it'll be a good spot here to get a win for him, but my money won't be involved. All right, and uh, late games here. So how many early games we have? We had the, the London game and then six early games, so that's that's pretty great. And then uh, we got four late games, so that's kind of interesting, the the one six four, Definitely a far cry from the 10-2 and two last week, but I definitely <laughs> like this a lot more. Absolutely. Um, all right, first afternoon game we got here. We got pretty good uh, NFC West battle. I know that they were. I was reading something on Twitter that said, according to I forgot some metric, they were saying this is the best uh, the Rams and Niners have been in ten years. So this is a pretty highly anticipated matchup. Uh, you got the Ram or the the Niners heading to the Rams, and it looks like the Rams are yeah three with extra juice or three and a half with juice towards the Niners, and a total of fifty and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Rams minus four. Look at line, Rams minus five and a half. Westgate open, Rams minus four, and the total you're open 49. Another one I'm, I'm a little shocked about here. I think this, uh, it's definitely warranted to be closer to my point, uh, my power rating number of a four. And, um, you know, kind of shocked to see it kind of trickling down here to the Rams. Uh, that's fine by me because I, I, I'm going to be laying the points with the Rams. You're laying the field goal. I think they're, they're, Decent amount better team. I trust them more. I, one thing I don't like is I don't like Goff, obviously, but I think being at home um, will be a little more comfortable. That San Francisco defense, um, it, I guess, not not an upper echelon defense, but not terrible. I think they're definitely in the middle road type of defense. So I think um, the Rams will be able to move the ball against this offense. Obviously, you see that in the in the high total as well. So to me, it comes down to the, the point of the San Francisco. Uh, is the offense going to be able to keep up with the Rams' offense? And I, I'd, I'd, you know, be more willing to say no. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, I think you're getting some pretty good line value, just judging on the look headline and where it's at now. Obviously, it's a pretty big overreaction, I think, to that San Francisco blowout win on Monday night. But uh, like you said, how much stock do you put into that against Cleveland? I just, me personally, I don't a whole lot. I think the San Francisco team, I'm not super down on them. But I'm definitely more, um, you know, bearish on them than bullish for sure. I just feel like uh, they still have to prove something, and now especially they've played a lot of lower-caliber teams. Now you have to take a step up in class against the Rams, who 
again, I'm not, I haven't been super high on the Rams either. I think this is a, a step up in class for San Francisco on a short week. Uh, you're going to be playing the uh, you know, same state. They're not going to travel too far, but it's, uh, you know, like I said, I think this is a Rams spot. They're coming off extra rest themselves. The Rams are, that is. And, and like I said, San Francisco coming off a short week so and a big win. So to me, this seems like a Rams is the victory that they need at home uh, to kind of get back on the ride the ship a little bit here. And this is a, to me, this is a game where they should be able to cover the spread and win outright. So, yeah, give me the Rams at home. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Rams at 3-2 and two there in the NFC West, and third right now. And uh, the Niners four and zero, so the Rams are a game and a half back, and I just think they're a higher quality of team than than the Niners are. So I'm almost glad in a way that they did lose straight up, even even though my uh, play of the week on them last week cashed by the hook there. In a way, I'm almost glad they lost the game straight up because I think it just puts them in an even better spot here, where they'll come home pissed off after two straight losses and be super hungry to to get right and. I'm not the biggest golf fan by any means, but I think I think he's uh, you know at times could be really solid and really serviceable. And if uh, their offense gets going, I just don't think the Niners' offense, even though they scored 31 last week against the Browns, I'm just not all that impressed. With I mean, they they, just, they ran a ton, and the Browns just looked totally lifeless. So yeah, you know, kudos to them. Good for good for beating me, but. I didn't come away from it thinking like, wow, this is a great team. The other teams aren't going to have any success against them. For me, it was more of an indictment of the Browns. And I think this is the week that uh, just the spot screams Rams. And like you said, yeah, short week versus extra time. Just everything about this to me, I, I love the Rams. And where the point spread's at now, they're saying the teams are pretty similar. The Rams are slightly better, like very slightly better. Um, I think the Rams are a decent amount better here. And, and the, the records are, are playing into that a lot. So. With you. Love the Rams here. Uh, next up, we got your Atlanta squad heading to Arizona. And looks like uh, Atlanta's two and a half point road favorite here, the total of 51 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta minus two. Look headline, Atlanta two and a half. Westgate opened Atlanta one, and the total here opened 49. Uh, yeah, I don't know. To, to me, I'm just not going to be able to bet this Atlanta team. It's pretty simple until they show me something. Uh, they've been. I think last week was a game where kind of their last-ditch effort, in a sense, and you saw they got their doors blown off, and I think a lot of that was the defense. But you know, at the end of the day, if you don't have a good defense and you, 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 your offense can't put up bunches of points like Kansas City, you're just not you're not going to be able to be competitive in these games, and that's what they're they're showing here. So uh, the one thing I think they have a much better chance in this game, at least, because I don't think Arizona offense is as as potent as Houston's offense can be. But at the end of the day. I mean that that Atlanta defense is such a liability, and you know laying points on the road here, it's just it's just something and not a recipe I want to I want to back. And this seems to me like a, a spot where Atlanta comes in here, maybe loses the game, and and Dan Quinn gets his head on the stick and, and gets fired, and uh, they kind of regroup. And uh, you know this uh, to me, I think this would be a spot where either Arizona or pass. I, I don't know if I'll get to the window or not. Um, I, I highly doubt this gets to three, uh, but uh, you know the, the markets are almost. Line, line in this game like this is Atlanta's last effort. And to me, this was, that was last week. So I think they're a, little, a week too late here. I feel like they might be a little bit more deflated than the market is giving credit for. So, like I said, pretty low on Arizona, obviously. But against them last week with that Cincy team, but uh, not, to, not, not, a, not an Arizona backing type of bet. It's uh, definitely a fade Atlanta. And uh, like I said, the Arizona pass for me. I, re- I really want to bet Atlanta. I just think I think that's – that's the way you're supposed to look here, and that's the way I want to look. But like, like you said, I just I haven't seen enough from them to 
to trust them laying points on the road basically against anybody. So I don't think I'm going to ultimately end up putting my hard-earned money on Atlanta, but it just feels to me like uh, they're like they're finally playing a, a bottom feeder here that they can get right against and actually look like the team a lot of people thought they were going to be. Because to Atlanta's defense, they've played at the Vikings, the Eagles in a primetime game if they won, the at the Colts, and then at the Texans, and then the Titans at home, which we kind of said was, you know, or at least I, I was definitely all over the Titans in that spot. Just felt like they were going to have a real good effort there. So not that all those are excusable by any means, but it's not like they've been struggling to compete with the Bengals or Dolphins or any of those type teams. So now this is a huge step down in class for them, and it just feels like this should could maybe be a spot where they actually get everything going and actually look like the team a lot of people thought they would. And you're like, oh, wow, that was such an easy bet. Of course they're going to win by 10 against this Arizona team that still has a rookie quarterback and rookie head coach, and they got their first win last week against the Bengals and might you know, sadly be a little fat and happy returning home here after their one win. But I just, I don't know, I don't think I really trust Atlanta to quite get there enough. I, I don't hate uh, rolling with the overtrain, even though it's 51 and a half. It's pretty high total. But like, kind of like you said last week, with we like to be over in the Atlanta game quite a bit. Their defense is just so horrendous that they're not going to stop anybody. But Matt Ryan and, and Julio and all their offensive weapons are still effective. And even in losses, they're scoring 32 points last week. So uh, with a super high-paced or fast-paced Arizona team, an Atlanta team that's pretty much a dead nuts over team. Uh, I might end up putting a little bit of money on the over here and would like to on Atlanta, but I don't think I'm going to quite do it. Uh, next game, we got Dallas. Looks like they're uh, laying seven on the road here, heading to the New York Jets with Sam Darnold back with a total of 43, 43 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Dallas minus six. Uh, there's no look headline available. Westgate opened Dallas seven and a half, and the total here opened 44. Uh, here's one I'm just gonna keep pretty simple. I just I don't know how Darnold's gonna play. I think that's a lot of it. It's just uh, coming off the illness and everything else. I think he's gonna be kind of shaky and rusty. And uh, but I mean I can see that going either way. Um, I feel like he I don't know how if he I don't feel like he was really rushed back. But at the end of the day, who knows when he hasn't really had much to, much uh, playing time so far that this season. So it's uh, preseason and, and full season. So yeah, to me it's just uh, a kind of looking to back Dallas right away. I guess would be where I was looking. But uh, it's just coming after, after they have to play, played some good teams. Now they get to play a lower caliber team, and they'll be able to go in, go in and get, get take care of business pretty easily and look pretty good, like kind of like they did at the start of the year when they got so much credit. But at the end of the day, like I said, I think the Jets are significantly better with a, a healthy Darnold. But when you don't know how he's going to perform, it's just a big question mark. And I know that's just always kind of the thing when you have quarterbacks that are injured and are coming off uh, something where they're not playing. But, uh, yeah, like I said, they're just uh, – too big of a question mark for me to back this game, I think, so I'm probably just going to send the sideline. Yeah, I mean, I was I liked the Cowboys decent decent amount last week against the Packers, and they got absolutely drilled, even though they only lost by ten on the scoreboard. It was it was definitely worse than that. And uh, after I bet against them a couple weeks ago against the Saints, and they they lost that one as well. So it could just be a team where they beat up on the bad teams and struggle against the good teams. And obviously, the Jets aren't uh, are definitely closer to the bad team. So maybe they do go in here and beat up on him, but I don't know. I just if Darnold's healthy, which I think he is, because I'm pretty sure there's a chance he could have played last week. So giving him the extra week here, uh, I think he should be pretty close to full health. And if the team's still trying, like last week, 
yeah, they lost 31 to 6 against the Eagles. But I know there was a couple defensive touchdowns in there. And there's a, yeah, two, or a fumble return and an interception return. They had two defensive touchdowns. So if you, I mean, if you take those out, they really only gave up 17 points to the Philly offense that people are pretty high on and, and diced up the Packers pretty good the week before. So if the, if the Jets defense is still trying and gave up hardly any rushing yards to, to Philly last week, I, I don't know. I think Darnold is a fairly capable quarterback catching a full touchdown against the Dallas team that we know isn't an elite level team. To me, it just seems like it's pretty high. And if, if the Jets have effort and are invigorated at all by Darnold coming back in off a fairly embarrassing loss last week against the Eagles, I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think there's a little bit of value here in the Jets. So I'd be, uh, tempted to put a little money down, especially I know Dallas is a pretty public team. If it does go up above seven at all, uh, I'd be more inclined to, to, to put a little bit on the Jets here. Next game, we got Tennessee heading to Denver. Uh, Denver, two point home favorite here, the total 39. Yeah, my power rating here, Denver minus two. Look at line, Denver one. Westgate open, Denver two and a half, and the total you're open 40. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think this line, I'm not super surprised by it, but, uh, I, I, I'm going to be looking about the Tennessee side here. I think this is kind of just, uh, up and down roller coaster ride with this Tennessee team. Which kind of team are you going to get? But I feel like, uh, with Mariota, he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. I'm not super high on him. Um, but, uh, I've been saying that for a few weeks, but I just feel like he's a little bit more, uh, backable for sure. Uh, if I'm going to put my money somewhere, I'd want to back Mariota before I'm going to back Flacco, uh, especially if you put in Flacco as a, is a short home do- uh, short home short home favorite. So, adding the fact Denver had a big win, not in prime time, but there's only two games last week, like you said, in the afternoon slate. So, you know, semi prime time game, everybody got to see them beat up on the Chargers team on the road, in the divisional game, and you know, just spot wise, it seems like this is a pretty good Tennessee spot after they had home, they were home and had a low scoring game. Obviously, they had that under in the Tennessee Buffalo game, and that got there pretty easily. I mean, seven seven there until late in the game, they had it. Buffalo that score to win 14 to 7. But I think Buffalo is a team where they're pretty solid. I'm decently high in Buffalo. I think their de- defense is really good and, uh, they've been good on the road too. So I think Tennessee kind of just ran into a, a good defense. It's pretty simple as that. And, and I think Denver is going to be a, a huge step down in class all, all together. So I think Tennessee is a, a decently cal, decent caliber team. It's, I feel like they're going to be able to, like I said, keep the game close. And, uh, this just, to me seems like a, a Tennessee money line type of spot. Uh, definitely teaser uh, worthy for sure. I like that a lot. If you want to tease this game up through the key numbers of uh, three, four, six, and seven, uh, like I said, playing close games with an offense in te- Denver that can't move the ball too well, I don't think, and with Flacco that makes mistakes. So, yeah, to me, te- I like Tennessee quite a bit here. Um, I'll, I'll wait and see where this point spread goes. I highly doubt we'll get a three, but uh, yeah, really like it at, if it ever did get three, but uh, even two or Two and a half uh, or money line anywhere anywhere like that. I think Tennessee will be able to win this game, going to Denver and win this game uh, and get back on track. Yep, couldn't agree more. Absolutely love it. I think it's a great spot for Tennessee. Uh, even though I bet against them last week, I, I bet on them two weeks ago against the Falcons and they won fairly easily. So I don't. I want to classify myself as the Tennessee whisperer, but they're definitely a, a little bit of a whack-a-mole team. <laughs> the old whisperer. It sounds like a country song uh, to the Tennessee whisperer. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think this is going to be a pretty good bounce back spot. It's just Mariota's is just not good, is what it comes down to. But he's okay against bad defenses, and he's not good against good defenses. And it doesn't surprise me at all. He struggled mightily last week against a really good Bills defense, even though it was at home. 
And now he comes back and Denver, yeah, they held the Chargers to 13 points last week, but really haven't been impressed with what they've done pretty much all year long. They haven't got any pressure, made, caused any turnovers, and I think it should be a pretty safe environment for, uh, for Mariota and, and the Titans here. As, uh, I think it was, I think it was Scucci I was listening to earlier on with Millman, and he was saying that he was moving the number towards Denver because there's a decent amount of support for Denver. And I just don't really see it. It's like, yeah, they had a huge road win against the division rival Chargers last week in a, in a fairly ugly game. It's like, you know, that, that that's good, I guess. They're capable of that, but that doesn't make me want to immediately bet on the next week. And then you look at the Titans, who had struggled at home there against the Bills. I think it's a decent bounce-back spot for them. So I think spot-wise, it, uh, it screams Tennessee. And then even from a talent perspective with the two teams, I'd say Tennessee has – a better defense and their offenses are probably fairly equivalent. So I don't trust Flacco at all against a good defense. And, uh, just, yeah, if it, if it does get up to three, I'd absolutely love it. And I still like it where it's at. And I agree. Money line, like you said, great teaser. Uh, totally, totally on board with it at the Tennessee play. Yeah. I just want to throw in too. I have in my notes here, um, for the look headline with the Westgate, where they come up, it came up as Denver one. And it's kind of interesting the way it was bet. It got bet to a pick on, then it got bet to Tennessee one before they took it off the board the day before uh, the games went off on Sunday. And then after the games happened and Denver had the big win, then it reopened Denver minus two and a half. So, I mean, <laughs> to make a three-point, three-and-a-half-point adjustment, it's just, to me, uh, again, we're going through some some dead numbers, but at the end of the day, it just seems like an adjustment that I don't think it's really warranted. So I think that's something to, again, a little bit of an overreaction like we've already talked about. Yeah, exactly, especially the two-profile of those teams. It's not like there's any consistency there whatsoever. So to bet it based on what you saw last week is just, Pretty nonsensical, if you ask me. Uh, next game is the Sunday Nighter. We got Pittsburgh heading to the Chargers, which probably looked a lot sexier uh, at the beginning of the season here before we've seen what these two teams are capable of here recently. Now, okay, the Chargers. Well, you you were the football game. Oh, a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, looks like the Chargers are six and a half point home favorites with the extra juice, or I see some sevens with juice towards Pittsburgh and a total of forty one. Yeah, my power rating here, Chargers six and a half, look headline, Chargers five and a half, Westgate open, Chargers six and a half, and the total you're open forty one and a half. Pretty crazy having that low such a low total there. Um but I think yeah, again, kinda similar to the Darnold. I think just with the quarterback situation here, just uh I don't you know, I'm I don't watch college, I've said that before. Not a not a college th- uh, fiend and, and watch it much from it and I'm not gonna lie, I don't know <laughs> don't know anything about this Hodges. Pittsburgh quarterback that's third string now. So, I mean, to me, it's uh, you haven't watched the Sanford film or whatever, wherever he's from. No, not, not quite, but uh, maybe think about doing that when I all my extra, all my extra time I got. But, um, yeah, to me, this is a spot, uh, not not really rushing to bet this game at all. I don't, I, I'm sure that's gonna be a pretty low handle Sunday night game. You'd think one of the lower Sunday night handle games of the year uh, so far. And that being said, I think, uh, the Chargers. Would be the way I'd want to look. Uh, probably lean there at anything under seven. You can still get uh, it's pretty much six and a half across the board, but it looks like it might be trickling up to seven. And uh, pretty much just a bet against uh, a third string quarterback that has no experience in a big in a big spot. I think it's a pretty simple handicap for me. But uh, it just obviously have to take the Chargers with a weak home field and a uh, similar spot they were in last week against the poor team and, and ended up losing and getting embarrassed outright on their home field. So that's obviously going to give you a little bit of uh, difficulty getting to the window, but that's obviously also why you're getting a little bit of uh, line value, I think, on the Chargers. So not a huge opinion, but, yeah, lean Chargers here Sunday night primetime. Yeah, just think if the Chargers weren't as banged up as they were and you were going against, yeah, this random 
rookie in his first start from Samford, who no one ever, no one's ever heard of, and against a not spectacular Steelers team, like boy, this be a super tempting number to take that six and a half. And it just feels like almost a no brainer with Philip Rivers and how highly the, the Chargers were thought of going into the year. But there's just they're still just so banged up that it just gives me pause. And I think last week's uh, performance was a reflection of that as much as it was Denver, as much as it was bad play by the guys out there. It's just uh, in a game with Anthony Lynn in prime time and their banged up roster. I just don't really feel comfortable laying a touchdown or close to it, even though uh, I would absolutely love it. And under other circumstances, but like you said, the number probably won't be there if that were the case. So, um, yeah, no, no real opinion on here. It's kind of a dud for a Sunday night game, even though they uh, probably had higher hopes here a few weeks ago. All right, Monday night's a little bit better here. We got uh, NFC North battle: Detroit heading to Green Bay. Green Bay four, four and a half point home favorite here with a total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here, Green Bay 7. Look at line, Green Bay minus 6. Westgate open, Green Bay 6. And the total here open, 46 and a half. Uh, yeah, no surprise, there's not my power rating number. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look towards the Green Bay side. I just felt like this line was too low. Uh, came in, and then, in fact, that's getting bet down to the Detroit side. Yeah, granted, they are coming off the bye. Green Bay is coming off a big win against Dallas on the road, and I get all that. And But at the end of the day, it just uh, I give Green Bay – Three and a half, maybe a little bit higher than three and a half, tick higher for for home field. So I mean, you're pretty much putting this as a pick 'em uh, between these two teams, and I think Green Bay is significantly better. And I think Detroit's uh, been impressive. I think I've been, you know, a little bit. They've been better than I've been uh, rated them, and I think maybe in lower on the Detroit than they performed, and maybe a little bit wrong on the Detroit side. But I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors as well. So I think, uh, and like I said, I think Green Bay, I'm not that high on either. But as I think I said last week, maybe the week before, that I think this Green Bay offense is going to keep getting better as, as time goes on and, and, and be able to make maybe a playoff run. And, and I think we kind of saw that last week against a, a decent Dallas defense that kind of had their offense was clicking a little bit and maybe getting some confidence. Now they can roll that in over to a divisional game at home. So I think they're going to be they're going to be up for this game, especially the Detroit team that's high, high up in the standings. They're going to be able to, I think, show up for this game. And, and I think they'll be able to look pretty good at home, and especially with that good defense. And, I think it's a pretty tough spot here for Detroit, even if they, even though they are coming off the bye. Um, so, like I said, I think going into Lambeau is going to be a little bit more tougher task than uh, than Stafford's and the, and the rest of the squad's looking for. So, we'll see where this line goes. I'm kind of confused that it's coming down this low, but yeah, even at four, um, I'd like to see it come lower, but I, I doubt it will. So, uh, yeah, Green Bay at four, I think, is, is the way to look here uh, at home, uh, laying the point. Well, to me, it's pretty simple. If you look at their common opponents, Detroit beat the Eagles by three and. Green Bay lost to the Eagles by three, so Detroit's going to win by six. Yeah, the old transitive property card argue that. <laughs> That's right. A equals B equals C. Um, but no, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of lean with the you know quote unquote sharp money that keeps hammering the Lions and has been paid off here every week, I guess, other than week one against the Cardinals. Uh, so coming off a bye, you think they'd be well rested and preparing super hard for this game against the bigger brother in the division. Uh, while the Packers were at a tough game against the Eagles at home in, in prime time, and then they turn around last week and go to the Cowboys in a featured afternoon game and just destroy them. It just seems like a great spot for the Lions here. And I've, I haven't really been that high on the Lions much at all this year, and I think I've been wrong betting against them at least twice so far this year. So maybe I'm turning around and giving them too much credit when I should be sticking more to my guns. 
But it just seems to me like the Lions are going to be a type of team that plays a lot of games really close. And this is a game where I feel like the, the Packers will probably pull out. But I just don't know if they're really like laying more than a field goal when I think the defenses are pretty similar and, and Stafford and the Lions offense has been respectable this year. And the Packers have kind of been up and down on offense. So I don't, I, I, going into, I guess, I mean, against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, the Packers offense had looked pretty solid. And then last week it looked incredible. So maybe it's just it took them a few weeks to get going and they're, that's the new norm for them. Or maybe they just had a couple of good weeks and now they're going to regress a little bit back to where they were the first few weeks. And if that's the case, then I really like the Detroit side. So to me, I think that's kind of the, the crux of the equation here is, is how real do you think the Packers offense performance the last couple of weeks have been? And to me, I'm not totally sure. So I'm going to stay away in contests where I am forced to pick the game. I'll probably take Detroit and just take the points and see what happens, but not nearly as strong of an opinion on this as you. So I'll uh, let you get after the Packers and uh, root for them for you with you. All right, they'll do it. That is uh, the full slate here for week six. So let's wrap up the pod and get our picks of the weekend. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week you got there pretty easily with the Saints over the Bucks. And I got there not quite as easily, but still got there with uh, Rams plus one and a half against Seattle with the old hook there. So that gets us both to three and one on the year with our picks of the week. So can't complain about that if you're you're betting the AS pick of the week. Every week you're six and two so far on the year. But you have the T-Box coming into the week, so you have the T-Box going into this week again. Where, uh, where are you looking? Yeah, we were both high on this game. It might be one of yours, but I just, uh, yeah, I like this play quite a bit, so I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, three, laying three at home, I think, uh, you know, a little bit of extra juice, but I think three is a prevailing number. So yeah, I think Rams will be able to go in there and get it done. I already had the handicap. We already went into pretty good detail in that game, so I don't have to belabor it anymore. But yeah, give me the Rams, uh, for laying three at home for my uh, pick of the week. All right. Uh, I like it, obviously. Um, didn't change your mind in the last 20 minutes? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Garbage pick. I'm actually all over the Niners. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, there's a few I like, obviously, more than others. I agree, like, that Tennessee teaser just seems incredible, but there's nothing I really love to pair it with because I don't trust a lot of the other sides you'd pair it with. I really wish if New Orleans was a one-point favorite instead of Jacksonville, I'd definitely like teasing Jacksonville up to seven. But that is not the case. Um, it's funny because like lo- it's not a, a t- quote-unquote, you know, uh, advantage teaser, but even teasing Baltimore down might that might not be terrible. I feel like they're going to be able to win that game against Cincy, but again, you're not uh, not not as good of an advanced teacher as you normally like. Yeah, for sure. Um, or even <coughs> money line parlaying. Um, not with necessarily Tennessee, but if you did the the Chiefs at four or four and a half and putting them in money line parlays, so you can avoid a backdoor with their garbage defense if Houston does cut it to three late. I don't hate that necessarily either. If you like another team to pair them with. Um, but I think I'm just going to keep it simple. And uh, I think the other team that we both like quite a bit is uh, Tennessee. And it kind of sucks in the this segment here taking under a field goal because in those instances, a lot of times I'd like to either wait till it hits three or potentially even take some money line. But in this case, for the uh, purpose of the pod, I will take uh, Tennessee plus two here. So that will be our picks of the week. You got uh, the Rams minus three, and I got Tennessee plus two. (coughs) Um, All right, any other concluding thoughts here as we wrap up the pod? No, not really. 
Yeah, let's hopefully we can get back in uh, back in action here and have a good week for both of us going into the week six slate here and be able to watch all the games. Yeah, I'm really excited about that, like we said, at the start of the pod. So let's get after it here. All right, that sounds good. So we'll see you down here bright and early Sunday morning for uh, the, the London game and then all the rest of the games throughout the day. So, yeah, can't wait for that either. But uh, good luck to everybody out there in uh, week six. And we'll be back next week to talk about week seven. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.